Welcome, everybody. We're in the next of our um, GU ASCO 22 series. We're joined by Matthew Smith from Harvard. Matthew, would you like to uh, introduce yourself briefly and then uh, describe your excellent data? Happy to do so. So I'm Matthew Smith. I'm a medical oncologist and professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. I'm also the director of the Genital Urinary Malignancies Program at the Massachusetts General Hospital Cancer Center in Boston. So, uh, Matt, so Matt, just talk, Matt, just jump in and talk a little bit about the randomized trial. Essentially, um, I get the impression that it has a similar overall design to piece one that we was presented at ESMO. And what you essentially have is it's frontline prostate cancer, it's docetaxel plus ADT versus do docetaxel um, ADT plus um, the second generation uh, anti-androgen. Do you want to just talk a bit about that? Yeah, so, it, uh, so we designed this study at, at the time when really there was the first evidence that the addition of docetaxel to ADT improved overall survival. And we were sort of confronted with the challenge of how to design an appropriate trial. So we really chose to compare the doublet to the triplet, I think in, in contemporary terminology. It's a very straightforward design, I think in many ways much uh, simpler uh, to explain and understand than piece one. Um, Patients with um, metastatic hormone-sensitive prostate cancer and ECOG performance status zero or one who were candidates for ADT and docetaxel were enrolled in the trial uh, between November 2016 and June uh, 2018. A total of uh, 1,306 patients were randomized at 286 centers um, in 23 countries. Patients uh, were randomized one-to-one to darolutamide versus placebo within 12 weeks of starting standard ADT. And then patients in both groups were treated with docetaxel for six cycles, starting within six weeks of randomization. So it was really concurrent darolutamide and docetaxel. Uh, primary endpoint was overall survival with a number of key secondary endpoints. And Matt, this looked like a pretty standard metastatic hormone sensitive population from a patient characteristic standpoint. Is that is that accurate? I think it was. In 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 a we while we didn't require um, that patients were candidates for ADT and docetaxel, so you know it was going to be skewed more towards a high volume or, or high risk population, and that's what we saw. Um, so more than three quarters of the patients had Gleason eight disease. All the patients, of course, had metastatic disease at study entry. About 80% had bone metastases and an additional 17 to 18% of patients in both groups had uh, visceral metastases with or without bone metastases. Um, and 86% of patients were de novo metastatic disease. Um, Matt, one of the things you said earlier was you talked about piece one and you said that actually that this was cleaner. Piece one had a couple of complicating factors. There were some amendments because of the evolving landscape, number one. Right. Uh, number two, uh, also there was the randomization with radiation therapy that made things quite complicated. Do you think this is the purest data set we've seen so far? You know, with all, all due respect to piece one, yeah, I, th I think, I believe it is because it really was designed entirely to address the question of whether triplet therapy, in this case, addition of darolutamide, improves survival on top of ADT and docetaxel. It really is just a, a timeline of, of study development that reflects, that re relates the differences between these trials. At the time we designed Aerosense, 
the standard of care, let's call it, was more or less fixed at ADT and docetaxel, and accordingly we chose that as the control arm and avoided the complexities of PIECE-1 and Enzimet and other trials where some but not all of the patients received docetaxel, and that was done at the discretion of the treating physicians. Mm-hmm. Matthew, were there any big problems in the patient demographics? Do you feel, obviously, it's a 1,000 patients. It seems unlikely that there were major imbalances. No, so 1,300 patients, uh, beautifully balanced between groups, really nothing notable, uh, no, no differences between the groups and, and baseline uh, demographics or disease characteristics. Matt, why don't you describe the, the top line results, which are really outstanding? Yeah, so this is a, a sort of a joy as an investigator to report this kind of data. So the, the primary analysis for overall survival was pre-specified and event-driven. There was no interim analysis. So this was the, the one and final analysis for overall survival, primary analysis for overall survival. It occurred after a total of 533 deaths. And compared to placebo, durolutamide significantly improved overall survival. The hazard ratio for death was 0.68. 95% confidence intervals were 0.57 to 0.80, with the p-value reflecting that at less than 0.0001. Um, so really clear early separation and consistent separation between the durolutamide and placebo groups. Matt, you've got a forest plot as well, and all the dots seem on the left-hand side. Is there anything exciting in subgroups? And we've also seen data before with low volume and high volume disease. Here you've presented M1 subgroups and M0 subgroups recurrent in inverted commas. Do you want to just want to talk a little bit about whether there were some important subgroups that you're defining within prostate cancer that are driving these results? Sure. So, um, you know, the treatment effect for Darrow on overall survival was consistent across the pre-specified group, including the stratification factors, which are extent of disease by metastatic stages, study entry, and baseline alkaline phosphatase, as well as, well as other subgroups, age, race, gleason grade, geographic region. There'll be a lot more data forthcoming on the high volume, low volume, high risk, low risk classifications. That was not sort of a a core feature of our study design, um, but but uh, to better understand the data, we did we have looked at uh, de novo and recurrent metastatic disease. Now, the majority of patients did have de novo metastatic disease, about eighty six percent, but we saw a consistent treatment effect and overall survival for both de novo and recurrent metastatic disease. So we have sort of a lot of confidence that the you know there was consistency of the OS benefit across the enrolled patients. So Matt, let me just ask you to, you know, um, maybe first to talk about some of the secondary endpoints, the skeletal events and the other endpoints, which are also pretty impressive. Yeah, sure. So um, the key, key secondary endpoints were consistently um, benefited with darolutamide, time to castration resistant prostate cancer and time to pain progression were significantly longer in the darolutamide group than in the placebo group with hazard ratios of 0.36 and 0.79 respectively. Dirolutamide also improved time to first SSE and time to first subsequent antineoplastic therapy uh, with hazard ratios of 0.71 and 0.39. Um, I'm reminded also to point out that, you know, as particularly with the last secondary point that I noted, this the overall survival benefit that we saw um, with darolutamide was despite a high rate of subsequent therapy in the placebo group, 
So at the time, by the time of the data cutoff, uh, more than 75% of patients in the placebo group have had received one or more subsequent life-prolonging therapies. So I think it, that observation kind of improves the generalizability of the results and that really early use of darolutamide in this case uh, was responsible for improving overall survival. Matt, dive into the adverse event profile for me. Um, many people feel in prostate cancer that chemotherapy drives a lot of the adverse events, but there are other people who feel that the long-term adverse events associated with um, drugs like abiraterone and, and indeed darolutamide over months and months may be really counterproductive, fatigue, other issues. Yeah, it's, it's, great. it's very important, of course, considering potential harms as well as benefits in, in any trial. And then, uh, you know, prior clinical experience with darolutamide and other disease settings um, really show that darolutamide has a favorable safety profile. And that appears, the same observation appears to emerge uh, in the AeroSense trial. Um, the rates of uh, any treatment emerging adverse events, serious adverse events and adverse events leading to permanent discontinuation of study treatments were really sim very similar between the darolutamide and placebo groups. Um, as you might expect, rates of grade three and four adverse events were largely attributable to docetaxel treatment. Those included neutropenia, febrile neutropenia, and anemia. Uh, but rates of those adverse events um, were not increased with darolutamide. So the rates of grade three and four adverse events were really similar between the darolutamide and placebo groups. So Matt, when we when the Peace One data came out, we did a, a podcast with Kareem and some others, and there was some some debate about is triplet therapy the standard or is it not? And people had different opinions. And and I think the field was waiting for this data set and some others that I know are pending. I mean, is is there any doubt in your mind that that triplet therapy is the standard of care? And then the second part of that question is 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 there anybody you wouldn't give it to? Any patient who walks in where you wouldn't give it? Yeah, I'm always careful about saying the standard of care, like. To, as to imply like doing anything less would be um, medically inappropriate. I think, right. it, I, think it, it, I think this data and its consistency with the observations of piece one really do nail down triplet therapy as a, an appropriate standard and the preferred standard of care um, for most patients or many patients with MHSPC. Um, there are, of course, both piece one and, um, and Aerosense in included primarily included mostly patients with de novo metastatic disease, which is, tends to be a worse subgroup. Um, and the you know the vast majority of both studies or nearly all had bone metastases. Um, so I can't say that this triplet therapy is the standard of care for all patients with MHSPC. There's going to be older, frailer patients who are just not going to be good candidates for docetaxel or patients with more favorable disease. Um, where either ADT alone or doublet therapy with an AR pathway inhibitor may be preferable. Matt, um, Eric Small, one of Brian's mentors, would you believe, uh, which <laughs> one of the one of the one of the mentees that didn't work out so well, but one of Eric's mentor mentees, um, he said that it was the, it, his control arm would have been the um, a doublet hormone therapy, in this case, darolutamide plus ADT rather than chemotherapy, or indeed he said that, you know, his preferred choice would be chemo, would be um, um, ABI plus, plus uh, ADT. Uh, do you feel that this is a justified control arm? It, it is a justified control arm, but of course, the, the key 
the key uh, clarification is that we designed um, Aerosens before there was any demonstrated benefit for early intensification with an AR pathway inhibitor. We designed Aerosens when the only available evidence was that there's a taxol improved OS in MHSPC, and that was based on charted and stampede data. Um, and so we were constrained in our choice of arms, um, it, but it, in a way it does turn the whole question on its head, right? And then in, in the US, at least in my practice, um, the most common form of intensification is with an AR pathway inhibitor, not with docetaxel. And in a sort of perhaps a unexpected way, what, what the results of Aerosense have done for me is increased my enthusiasm for using docetaxel, particularly in those patients with poor prognosis disease. And Matt, just to follow up on that question, it, we're probably not going to see trials that ask the question that Tom's getting out of plus minus docetaxel. I yeah. assume there's, there's just not motivation to do it. Is that correct? I would imagine so. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see that done, but I, I but I, I think the appetite for doing so would be would be difficult, right? <laughs> um, but I think the important so the piece of information I think that may perhaps helps tie this all together are the observations from Stampede, um, not from direct randomization, but from contemporaneous randomization, is that the benefits of Abby and docetaxel, at least on OS, are the same. Um, so uh, I would speculate that if you were to do that trial, you know, ADT AR pathway inhibitor plus or minus docetaxel, that does that the addition of docetaxel would improve overall survival. Sure. And Matt, while we're doing a little bit of a global tour of comparative trials, the Australian Enzymet study um, didn't look at this question specifically, but it was within the context of the trial. And um, what are the results of that? And what impact does that have, if any, on your results? Well, it's certainly the, the early observations from Enzimet that in the docetaxel subgroup, the addition of enzalutamide, in that case, sequential enzalutamide did not improve OS, um, created a lot of anxiety as we were waiting for, <laughs> waiting for results of Aerosen. So I guess it could be, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a few potential explanations. One is that the study simply wasn't designed to address that question, particularly since um, for, for a number of reasons, including the fact that it was a, 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 not that it, a subgroup analysis problem. Uh, docetaxel was not specified. It was an investigator choice as to whether patients were given that drug or not. Um, it's a different drug, and the drug is given sequentially, not concurrently. So, you know, any one or combination of those factors could explain the different result of Enzymet. And Matt, getting to that different drug issue, is is there a reason to believe that there's a difference? So if you know, Abby was used in piece one, darolutamide here. I mean, how would a practitioner choose? Is there any reason to believe mechanistically there might be some difference? Or is it just, you know, triplet therapy, pick your favorite hormonal agent? Um, I think that mechanistically, I don't think there'd be a large difference. Like, you know, if you're talking about doublet therapy, I would say that sort of any AR pathway inhibitor would be fine. Triplet therapy, though, does raise a different issue, and that is the safety and potential drug-drug interactions between um, any individual AR pathway inhibitor and docetaxel. So at the present time, I would be comfortable recommending triplet therapy with docetaxel and either Abby or darutamide, but not with the other drugs because I don't think we have sufficient safety information about concurrent treatment. 
I'm at my last question. You come up with the name Aracens, which doesn't sound much like Darulutali to me, number one. And number two, as I looked up the word, I couldn't find it. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't reply. It's not some planet in some outer solar system or or an area of undescribed water in the Pacific Ocean. Um, how did you come up with the word Aracens? You know, you. I, I, I'm embarrassed that you're going to help. We don't conclude on this question because... <laughs> I'm actually at the moment completely at a at a loss. It's just one of those things that <laughs> came to came to be true. The, so the era part is AR pathway inhibitor, but um, I don't have a good explanation. Let's have a contest for which they can come up with the best acronym for Aerosens. I think there's got to be somewhere a- one of which would be terrific data. Uh, Matt, <laughs> it is terrific data. Um, Brian, anything for you to finish on? No, I think this is great, Matt. Thank you for joining us. As you say, I mean, presenting sort of this, you know, wildly positive phase three data is 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 amazing. So congrats to you personally and to the whole study team. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. See you soon, Matthew. Bye-bye.